Welcome to another episode of the All Ears Podcast with me, Luke Barnett. Normally I do the introduction to this camera, but Johan says that it's better to do it to this camera so you can see his beautiful face on screen. So you can tell me from looking at the previous episodes. So I started this, started this podcast to try and learn more about the world uh, from fighting. I learned when I was on the mats, the more that I learned in fighting, the less I actually knew because there was so much to learn. Now I've joined the real world, if you want to call it that, or you know the business world. And I realized I don't really know anything, so I try and bring on specialists to try and learn from them and suck out all the information that they've got and all the juicy tips, and hopefully you guys can learn along with me. Uh, so I hope you appreciate this episode. I have a marketing genius, genius, uh, with me, uh, and I like to always start the podcast with a question. So what is harder, making six figures a month or fighting crocodiles in the Amazon? That's an amazing question. <laughs> You've picked the wrong man. Uh, so actually, so if Luke is asking me, it's because I've been doing uh, both of these things. So I would say, actually, I used to say, because fighting crocodiles is cheap, but like it only lasts like a few days. So you're just like struggling for a few days, and after you eat a crocodile, you get super sick. You go to the hospital, <laughs> but that's another story. But the thing is, it was more about like fighting, fighting and doing the fight camp and making six figures. And I remember because Luke was training me back in the days and I remember telling him like, oh, when I will end this fucking fight camp, that's soaking all my energy, I'm going to be so rich because I'm going to have like all my energy to put into the business. And I remember you told me, yes, that's basically how I felt when I stopped fighting. You have unlimited energy because you used to be like so focused on like doing like round and pound with men on the mat. And now like you have so much energy to write emails, right? So it's completely different. So I would say like making money, it's easier, but it just takes you a lot of, I think opening your, your chakra a lot. Uh, chakras. Chakras. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. You need to be aligned. <laughs> no, but I mean like a, a lot of guys, they say like limiting belief. Uh, I used to think it's gay, to be honest, because um, a lot of guys like coach, they were just telling you, yeah, it's about your mindset, just need to fix your mindset, blah, blah. I was like, bro, I want to fix my mindset as much as possible, but I'm still broke. So give me like practical tips. And what I understood is at the beginning, you need mindset to start, to at least think that $10,000 is doable. And then at some point, you just need like a method, a vehicle to make money, to implement and to forget a bit about mindset. And then when you reach a plateau, you go and you use mindset again. Like every time you need like to bounce, to jump from one level to another, every time it was mindset issue usually. But yeah, at some point, like um, just uh, jumping around in seminars, I, I think it's not enough. I think for a lot of people, when you're talking about a limiting belief, the guys that are making 1,500, two grand, three grand a month, the thought of making 10 grand a month, it sounds to them like impossible. Like, how do you make 10 grand a month? Oh, I want to make 10 grand a month. Life's going to be amazing. Then you make 10 grand a month and you're like, when yeah, I make 100 yeah. grand a month, yeah, life's yeah. going to be amazing. I need, more. I, need I need more, more. I need more. I need more. Then you make 100 grand a month and then it's like, okay, I still need more. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. and then it, as soon as you. Uh, we have a friend in common that, that kind of shattered my limiting belief when it came to money. And I remember saying to him, like, he was like, how much money are you going to make this year? And I was like, I don't know, two mil or something like that. And he was like, bro, stick a zero on that and, and maybe you'll be doing the right thing. And he, he pushed my limiting belief on how much money you can physically make and how money works. And then recently on another podcast, someone said to me, 
if you look at the, the money you're going to make is how much value you put into the world. So if you believe that your product is valuable to the world, then you're going to make money. The, the, the value exchange is there, financial for the value that you add to the world. So mm. you have to try and find a thing that fixes a problem. So that's like you said, a vehicle. If you can find that vehicle that you can utilize to make money, then it's inevitable that you're going to make money as long as you take the steps and do the work, right? Well, actually, I have a great story about this because yesterday I had a guy on a, on a call and this guy, he wanted to know if he could like uh, join like the community uh, program to actually make money. So I was asking him, okay, what are you doing now like to make money? He said, I started a small company like of services, B2B, to help company to find like where they are losing money because they spend so much money on bullshit or they, they have a lot of waste. For instance, this guy, he found like a company that was uh, producing seafood, but you know, all like the leftover didn't know what to do with it. He said, yeah, so I'm going to find another company, a farmer that needs like fertilizer. I'm going to give it to an exchange. I'm going to take money. I'm going to make some pieces, blah, blah. I said, wow, sounds amazing. And uh, how much you want to do like in, in the next year with this? Oh, I think like in two years, I'm going to be selling this company for over a million. Right? Okay, well, how much you've been doing with this? Zero. I'm like, of course, bro. Of course. Are you like, this is classic. You know, this is uh, like the guys that started the things they're going to do, like the social network, Facebook, Instagram, things they're going to revolutionize all the fucking internet. Bro, humble yourself and find an opportunity, something that's already working and do it and maybe do it even better. But first, like do something that works. Most guys, they want just to figure out to reinvent the wheel. It's always bullshit. And they're always broke. And at some point, like the guy, like I had to destroy his idea of doing this. Because at some point, like I was asking basic questions, but he was just in like fantasy world. He was not in like grounded. It's like how much money are you going to do? How much are you going to spend on this? I don't know. Yeah. You're going to stay broke. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the reality <laughs> of the game, you know? This is what you're saying, like to jump the, let's say the barriers of 1,500, 10 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand. It comes back down to mindset. But how would you realign? or what, what you know, actionable things you have that allow you to realign and think, okay, now I'm making, I've got the vehicle that's allowed me to make 10, now I'm gonna take it to the next step. What do you do with your mind to get there? <clears throat> um, so with the mind, I think like, I think, for instance, for the guys that are making like $10,000 per month, uh, usually their companies, their business is a complete mess. It's like they just do things like randomly and by doing things randomly, you can still get to $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 a month. But as soon as you want to get to like 100K or 50K, you need systems. And so you need like to shift your role from like doing a bit of everything like in an average way to becoming someone who is expert in one position and after start delegating or at least like learn new things to actually build the systems. And after when you do this, usually you should increase a bit like your business. Let's say you were doing like 10 grand, you do now uh, 25. But after when you want to do a massive jump, for me, it was just like seeking for a mentor. Uh, when I really wanted, when I went from uh, 30,000 to like 100K, I was like, I don't have a clue of how I can close this gap. I don't know how to do it. Is it just like more traffic? Is it like, I don't know. And so I was seeking for a mentor and I found two that were associates. And they told me, yeah, you're going to do this, 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 like uh, 25 grand or 21. I was like, okay. I didn't have the money, but like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. Because I knew that this was the only way to close the gap. 
So most of the time, you just need to like accept that you're going to have to pay someone that knows better, that walks the path before you. It's going to help you. It's like that easy. Most of the things, it's super easy. Just people are, either they are not humble enough like to seek guidance and to be helped, uh, or they're just like, they think they've reached the peak, you know? Like some guys, like for them, the peak was $10,000. So like, there's nothing above when like just six months before, they thought like 1500 was amazing, you know? So I think that would be the first thing to do, yeah. Seeking guidance. I think, um, I mean, again, everything for me relates back to fighting and it's exactly the same. Like when you're learning how to fight, okay, you want to learn jiu-jitsu, you learn it from a guy who knows how to teach you jiu-jitsu and he teaches you all the moves and then you become good at jiu-jitsu. So it's the same with money. If you want to learn about money, you need to learn from people that have money and, and walk the route or the path or however you put it. But I think let's, let's take it back a bit and think, because we're talking about big numbers for a lot of guys, like six figures a month, and <coughs> seven figures yearly. If you're, well, where, where are your beginnings as a, as a, as a young man? Where, where were you, where did you grow up? Oh, like yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I grew up in, uh, so I was born in Paris. Okay. I grew up in the beautiful city of Nantes in France. Uh, now it's, uh, I'm, I'm almost proud of it. Like it's one of the most dangerous city in France. <laughs> That's why I left. Um, it's pretty leftist too. Uh, so it's all right because I was not really in the city. I was a bit like outside of the city. And usually people in the countryside, they have a better mindset. They're more grounded again. Like people in the cities are all in the work bullshit and whatever. And uh, yeah, just now I just go back to France when I need to see my family. But and to eat good food, of course, because <laughs> like, except in France, I don't really know like another country where you eat good food. But otherwise I'm just like, I just uh, surrendered <laughs> to, to not like to to go back. I'm like I would never go back. I mean, like to live there. I don't I don't believe in it because even like uh, I have some uh, French friends who they have money and say they attempted like to buy a house there and they buy a house. They go on vacation and they go to the nightclub and they get like attacked in the nightclub. I'm like fuck that. It's like it's like uh, when we went to Manchester, like uh, so. Because for guys that are not from UK, we went to Manchester. And I remember at the entrance of the club, the guys was like, yeah, we're going to scan you and we're going to scan your passport too. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, because like so many people like they, they just attack with knives and shit. So they're in the system. And so now they can no longer enter the nightclub. I'm like, wow, this is that bad. Even in France, we don't have this. I'm like, that was pretty amazing. So yeah, this is basically my... Bringing, I can't uh, ignore the fact that you said the words France I know, and I know, surrendered I know, I know, in the I same know. sentence. So, sorry, I just can't ignore no, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, from a small village or a small place outside of Nantes in France, so yeah. like we'll call it humble beginnings if you want to call it that. Yeah, you know, like, I, I was not like from a poor family, yeah, I was just like a average middle class that's kind of disappearing uh, right now, but I didn't uh, lack anything. But just like the mindset to come back to the mindset, like nobody had. A mindset of making big money like the only things that my parents were hoping it's like i had to like took a month took a month good job get a wife get some kids find out how you know like really classic of classic path and that would be amazing i'm like fuck that <laughs> <laughs> like two grand like i was always like um, minus 400 euros on my bank account because i was already, i didn't know how like to manage money so i was always like when I had a bit of money, in, instantly I was spending it. I was never like the kind of guy like to put on the side. And the funny thing is, I didn't change 
for a long time, even when I started making good money, I was like, there's money on my bank account. It means I need like to spend it. And you're always going to find a way to spend it. That's why like there's no limit of, uh, should I do like five grand, 10 grand, 100 grand, I don't know, even a million. At some point, like, I guess like it becomes hard like to spend it. But still, there's always like a table like for 25 grand. There's always like a yacht that's going to be 150 grand. Like, there was always like crazy shit. So if you want to spend it, if you don't change your mindset, that's something that I had to work on like in the last two years to become more like an you know, investment uh, perspective and stop being just like a broke student in my mind, just like, oh, I have like 20K. It means I can literally spend like 19K and 999. I'm like, no. Like I, I stopped, I've stopped this. But uh, yeah, that's where. You said that you're, you know, talking about your parents, and they said you want to make two grand. How did they? What did they find harder? They find you, you know, uh, I don't want to call you a rebel. Rebel's probably the wrong word, but like having cage fights or kickboxing fights, going to the jungle and fighting, living in Montenegro, motorbikes, like or you know, making money. Like, how did they react to when you started making big money every month and? and so <laughs> for them, I was kind of a weirdo, you know, because in my family, nobody d ever did this. Uh, it literally never happened. Uh, even before, like I went to the army and in my family, no one did it before. Like, except like, because before we had like uh, military, like how do you say, like military service. Mm -hmm. But after they stop it. So after nobody like went down this road. And even like when you get to the military, usually all your friends, they have the parents, they have everyone that comes at least. Like, there is something. I had nothing, so that's weird. And after everything I've done, like, basically, my family never understood me. And uh, even, like, when I was making, like, big money, I, I never told them really how much because I know my mother, she would have been afraid that I'm just, like, selling drugs or, <laughs> or something like this. So I was like, I'm just going to... Uh, I'm just never going to say numbers because I know my mother would never ask me. She would say, yeah. Like, the only time, like, someone kind of asked me... Uh, in front of my parents, it was their friends. I was super at ease with the subject of money. I lied. I don't. I don't remember. I said yeah, ten thousand dollars, because I was like, if I say more, my my mother she's she's gonna freak out. So I was like, yeah, it's okay. I'm um, good life. A <laughs> good life. A good, <laughs> good salesman. Life, yeah, yeah, good life. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna say more. I'm gonna fuck that. But um, okay, let's get to the important issues. Very, very important issue for me personally. I'm worried, yeah. yeah. So why do you think it is, being from Nantes in France, the most dangerous city in the world now, that everybody hates the French? Uh, so that's, uh, that's an excellent question. <laughs> so the thing is, before I discovered like uh, American people and even like a bit UK people, I used to be surrounded by French people. And even like sometimes I was traveling, seeing few people, but I never heard that everyone fucking Americans, all these guys from UK, they were all like, yeah, French surrender, French flag, blah, blah, white flag. I'm like, and they were all doing this joke, all saying the same shit and saying like, all, everyone is hating French. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And after I thought like, okay, that might be a thing, is like, French people have um, a cliche on them, but a lot of it is true, like saying like basically, they want everyone to speak French. <laughs> they go to a country and we kind of expect like, I don't, I think it's like our past of like having colonies. It's like we are used to, we go to a country, even if they don't look like us, they're going to speak our language because why not? It changed a bit. And so now it doesn't, 
work at all, and most French never speak English. Because like, fuck that, I don't need it. So I think it didn't help our reputation, you know? Yeah, okay. So now the even bigger question, and big is a bit of a pun. Okay. Because you, you mentioned colonies. So we have to yeah. talk about the one and only Napoleon. Oh, G. Yeah, the biggest G, right? Now, Napoleon conquered a lot, did well for France, was, was very proud. You know, you, you're a proud Frenchman. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm super roaring now. <laughs> We've had this discussion before, so I wanted to have it for the podcast. Why do you think, what do you think influenced Napoleon to conquer so much? Oh, you no. think it was to do with the size of his dick? <laughs> you think he had a big dick or a small dick? So, I think, like... Because <laughs> I know the answer, but I just want to know what, what you think. So, for some weird reasons, <clears throat> people want to piss me off. Because I love Napoleon. As I say, you have to have a small dick to conquer the earth. I'm like, this is bullshit. Because uh, I have a massive cock and I want to do the same. <laughs> now, the, the real thing is, it would mean that literally every leader will have a small dick. And if I'm right, you just did a video on how to be a leader, Luke, right? So good what does spin, that mean? Good spin, good spin. I like that. I like that. I like that. Okay. So when you were leaving France, uh, young man, you started with dinosaurs, doing something with dinosaurs. Can you explain? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after the bunch of things, I, I started like uh, in 2016, 2017 to try things online. And uh, it took me a lot of time to actually even like invest in like a course, a program. Because before I felt like everyone else, I'm smart, I'm just gonna figure it out with YouTube videos. Guess what, it doesn't work. Like you, you lose so much time. And uh, at some point I've tried like diagnosis because I found like a course of the guys that were saying like, yeah, you can do drop shipping. You don't have to spend a penny on ads. And uh, you just need like to write articles and you just pick a niche and it's gonna be okay. And in three months from now, you're gonna make 10,000 uh, euros per month. I'm like, wow, sounds sick. So I invested in this, and for like month, like for three months, I was, I, I, I put a post on my Instagram on this. It's basically, I had a routine because at that time I was like in an internship for a job. So I was waking up at like 5.30, and between 5.30 and uh, 8.30, for three hours, I was writing a dinosaur's article because my niche was dinosaurs. But, well, what, but why? Why did you pick dinosaurs and why was that your niche and why did you have to write articles about dinosaurs? So, for, for, for a simple reason, it's not because I'm a, a huge fan of dinosaurs, it's only because uh, you need to find a niche, okay? So I was like, what, what kind of stuff I can do? And I remember a guy at that time in the program, he was making like 20,000 euros per month with unicorns. So my first thing was, I'm gonna do dragons, but obvious. And so I checked dragons, and dragons were already taken by 10 guys. I was like, what else? Dinosaurs. So boom, dinosaurs. So I became the guy, like, this dinosaur guy. And I remember, like, it was funny because I did it for 18 months. And um, I visited my friend in uh, Anglet in south of France. And he has, like, a group of friends from high school that are super rich. You know, like, the elite families and stuff like this. And they all do the same shit. You know, they did, like, some nice schools and shit like this. And they had... An, an amazing villa with a nice party with a DJ. Every, I was like, wow. So that was the first time I was like close to money, you know? And of course, like in this setting, everyone's saying, oh, what do you do? Da, da, da. And you know, like it's funny because uh, the more like some people have high IQ, sometimes they're super autistic. 
And there were a girl like this. She was like amazing, like extremely smart, like logic, logically smart. And so she told me, yeah, I'm doing this, consulting, blah, blah, blah boring. And so she said, what do you do? And I'm, so with a straight face, I said, I'm raising dinosaurs. And the thing is, I said it to all the guys before, and they knew what I was kind of doing. And nobody said anything. And so she looked at me. She was like, she's like, alive? I said, yeah, it's a bit dangerous, but it's okay. I was like, she's so dumb. And so the guys, like, uh, they were stopping themselves from laughing. They were like, wow, she's so dumb. So everyone was like, so it was a game for me to just introduce myself as, like, the dinosaur smuggler. And because they were like, who is that guy? That's weird, but at least, like, nobody can fucking forget you after this. Because that's the first time that I've met someone selling dinosaurs. So that was pretty cool for this. But at the same time, like, everyone uh, thought I was, like, a bit weird, you know, like, uh, as if I was, like, obsessed with dinosaurs. The thing is, that I was kind of obsessed because I was writing like 70 articles about it. So, <laughs> all right. It's not very really good for girls, to be honest. <laughs> they don't like dinosaurs. No, it's like, uh, yeah, do you know the difference between like, uh, is this dinosaur? <laughs> Who's this guy? You know, so it, it doesn't really help for this. But also, wise, that was a, a cool part of my life. And I, at some point, like, uh, thankfully, uh, one day it was against the uh, Chinese New Year. And so, for the guys that know of it, Chinese New Year, for Minimum a month, they do nothing. Like, they, they stop everything. So, of course, like, when you, all your products they come from fucking China, it was already taking six weeks minimum to get the fucking remote dinosaurs under the, uh, like, for the kids, for the birthday. So, every time, like, they had the birthday, like, four weeks later because of me. And on top of that, I was like, I'm going to add an extra minimum six weeks because they are not, like, uh, delivering anything. So, I'm like, you know what? I I'm going to find something else. All right, enough of this shit. I'm going to find something else. And I was already into like uh, copywriting, what I call now shadow marketing, which is basically marketing like underground. And uh, I started this and like in three months it kicked off. And I started making $10,000 a month when I used to do like maximum a thousand euros of profit and hustling a lot. Like I was hustling at 12 hours, putting dinosaurs on my website. So it was like a massive change. I said, fuck the dinosaurs. I'm out of this bullshit. And I went deep into this and uh, I never went back. Yeah. Okay, so the, the dinosaurs didn't pick up chicks, but you thought shadows might pick up chicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah the shadow oh, yeah. marketing. What do you do? I'm shadow. <laughs> what, what, made you, what made you pick shadow marketing? Uh, yeah, I call it shadow because uh, it, it's just a way to make it different for people. Uh, because if you just say like marketing, actually, when I'm on a date with a girl and the girl is asking, what do you do for life, for living? I'm like, I look at her and I say, marketing. She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool, you know? So she's like, no way. What do you mean? Marketing. And if after, like, she really asked, she really asked, shadow marketing, she's like, okay, he's definitely selling drugs. <laughs> that was just saying the truth. But, like, the way you say it, it's like it changed everything. It's the same we were saying about, before we started the podcast, it's not about, like, who is going to, what a person is going to tell you. It's about the messenger. Like, yeah, depending, if you say something like, it's important to go to the gym, because you have your background, people are going to listen to you. But if, like, a guy who is out of shape, he's uh, 16 years old in his bedroom, he said, yeah, go to the gym every day. Everyone's going, shut up. Like, nobody cares. So that's all about the... 
the messenger. So if someone was saying like uh, with greasy hair, small with like uh, glasses, am I mean to marketing? She would, like, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> but so how would you describe yourself if you're not a greasy hair nerd with the, uh, with the glasses? Ch Chad, uh, Chad, Chad, <laughs> <laughs> a super Chad. So you're not walking. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a super Chad that does shadow marketing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, perfect. That's that's a nice description. And then where, where when you started this company, you said like in three months you started making ten grand. And where were you in your life? Like, where were you living? How did you come about the idea of starting copywriting? You, oh, you just hated dinosaurs and you decided to start writing. Yeah, so I think I had enough of dinosaurs. Mm. And so at that time, I was living with my girlfriend in um, Sable d'Olonne, which is like a city uh, right on the sea. Um, it's like two hours from Nantes. So it was not far from my family. Actually, my girlfriend's family was living there. And so we had an apartment like, super close to the sea. So my lifestyle was pretty cool because I was working a lot, but sometimes when there were waves, I could go surfing. So that was super cool. But because I was too broke, I couldn't get like the first line of apartments. The way you see the sea, like right in the morning. So that was my motivation. I was like, fuck this. I want to get like to the first line. But at the same time, I was like, as soon as I make a bit of money, which is like $10,000, says the day I make $10,000, I book a ticket, I'm out. And I wanted to go like Eastern Europe, but because like of COVID and all this shit, I couldn't just like travel two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. I had like to pick one and say, okay, I'm moving this out. So as you can imagine, like someone was a bit pissed off because one day, so at first she was happy. Oh, finally he's making money, you know? <laughs> I thought it would never happen. <laughs> and so at some point I got finally to 10,000. I said, I'm booking the ticket. I said it, I'm going to do it. And so I booked a ticket, and so she went back from work, and she said, like, uh, so I told her, I just booked a ticket for Montenegro, like, in one weekend, I'm out. So she starts crying, and she was, I told you, like, I told you, but it, it just like she didn't believe it. She was, is he really going to fuck off? I said, and you come with me. I have a work, I have a, I said, fuck everything. You come with me, I have 10,000, now I'm rich. <laughs> I was like, I don't care, you know, it's like, now I'm rich. So it didn't end up well, but... Um, <laughs> so she didn't want to follow you to Montenegro. She, so at first, like, she was a bit, like, reluctant. But after she was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow him. And, uh, and the thing is, uh, in the end, it was me that didn't want her to follow me. Uh, it, it was a, a bad story because basically during all summer, she was working in France. So she couldn't come. And during all summer, I was like in Montenegro with all like new friends. Everyone was making money, crazy parties. And I saw like a bunch of girls and girls from like Serbia. So hot ones and like not fucking French weirdos. <laughs> so I was like, wow, that's amazing. Fuck, uh, I can't touch any other girl. I'm like, that, that's rough. So I was like, I, I, want, I want to date other girls. But I was like, because I... I said I wouldn't do it. I was like, I can't change. Like for three years, I didn't do it. So I can't change like this. So at one point, I went to Costa Rica with her and a friend. By the way, that's the worst move to do. Never travel with your girlfriend and just one friend. It's awful. Worst move. Worst move I've ever done. And so basically, at some point, I was like, uh, we are arguing. And I said, I want to fuck other women. <laughs> You can't imagine. <laughs> I know, I, I definitely can. I could definitely imagine the response. Bro, that was wild. Because we were like, all the side of the world. 
I knew it was super autistic. And then did you point out her friend? What? Did you say, I want to fuck other women and then look at her friend? Uh, <laughs> that would be the G thing to do. No, no, because that was my friend. That was my male oh, friend. Oh, male, okay. No, no, no. Thought, that would have been threesome and shit. <laughs> no, no, no. That was my male friend. My good friend. And, um, yeah, so the three last days in Costa Rica were, Costa Rica were awful. Because <clears throat> I cannot try to convince her it would be an amazing idea. So we start having threesomes, like dating other girls. And... Um, she didn't really like it, which I completely understand. Like, uh, like that's super rough with what I'm asking. And so after, at some point, she started changing a bit. You know, she was like, maybe. You know. But something happened. I went surfing with my friend. And when I went back from the session, I could see on her face something changed. And she said, I just had on the phone my mother and my sister. I was like, oh. I knew it was done. <laughs> she said, said just said, Jan went crazy. Uh, I don't know, maybe he hit a rock or something like this. He went completely nuts. And so, yeah, just try him to get back on track. Like, he's insane. And I couldn't understand, like, because, like, for guys, like, for some friends, it's normal now. But, like, for most of, like, uh, people in France or just people in the world, it's, like, it's fucking insane. And I remember at the same time, so we broke up at the airport, worst thing. And my friend, during, like, we, we had to go back to the airport. It was, like, four hours driving. I was driving. My friend was next to me. And she, she was crying on the back. <laughs> Bro, like a sad movie. It was really bad. And so I finally brought her to the, to the airport. And she said, are you going to change your mind? I was, like, no. Done. So that was fucking like super rough, super rough. But at the same time, I knew that I couldn't just like go for like the next 50 years just like this. I was like, I'm too young, I'm too young. I, I just went to Montenegro. It's like adventure. Like, I, as you said, like the crocodiles. Like, I, I want new stuff, you know? And so just uh, staying late. I was too young to just think like, yeah, I'm just going to have kids and stay in one house. And it's not by spirit. Yeah, I always wanted freedom. Yeah, that's the thing. I always want like money for freedom. Money in itself, I don't really care. It's just like if I can do whatever I want when I want it, which I think like a lot of men can relate. It's only the thing I wanted. So I had to like uh, let it go. It took me like some time. Uh, took me some time basically to to get completely over it. But my spirit at that moment was as soon as I went back to Montenegro, I was like, I need to instantly find new girls. You know, so to bounce. <laughs> I'm and, not going to say the story and, and, and did that. you did you go, hi, I breed dinosaurs, or did you say I'm in Shadow Market? Which line did you use to find the next girl? Oh, the next girl. <laughs> Which line? I like uh, so next. I, I think uh, we didn't. We barely talked. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> you're so super Chad, you don't have to talk, right? I didn't uh, want to talk. To okay. be honest. So I was just listening to her, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was messy. So it I was just a way like to bounce. I was going to ask you. You know, because you're still relatively young and you've done so much, especially financially at such a young age. Like I was going to say, what advice would you give yourself? Do you think you could give yourself at 16 to try and speed up the, the process? But we all know that the advice would be not to tell yeah. your girlfriend that you want to fuck other girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this one, like I strongly advise to not do it. It's a bit risky move. I always love taking risks, but that's, that's a bad one. Uh, no, I would say like most of the time when I talk with guys like in the DMs, on, on, on the phone, it's always the same problem. 
It's like I say, okay, what are you doing right now to make money? Like, so I do dropshipping, Forex, and a bit of crypto, and sometimes I do content marketing. And I always take like the same analogy. I'm like, okay, uh, are you like training for a specific sport? And so, yeah, I'm doing tennis. I'm like, okay, do you really believe you can be like world-class tennis man if you're doing tennis, swimming, golfing, and dancing? And it's obvious, no. So why are you doing the same bullshit when you want to make money? There's no way you're going to have an edge over anyone else in the room. So, oh, yes, that's true. And so at that point, they're like, okay, so I just need to pick one. So I say, which one? So like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, why not shadow marketing? Boom. And so that's how I get them. Because they're like, they don't really know they're lost. You know, most of the time, it's just because they don't know how to pick the right vehicle. But it could be anything. Like some guys could like get to dropshipping and smash it. It's just like there are trends in the market. Dropshipping was amazing in 2015. Now it's like way harder. Like now it's like only like proper brands. It's no longer like bullshit, just AliExpress, you do the shopping like uh, copy paste uh, in three minutes and, and you make money on Facebook. It's it no longer working like this. So now it's just, I would just advise, pick one thing, stick to it for two years minimum and try to find something that's already working don't, and don't try to reinvent the wheel. So that's basic stuff. If you follow this, you're going to make money, like 100%. Okay. So, because I know we, we've been just... So everyone knows we've been working together on a lot of things as well. Me trying to produce products and do it. And, and again, for me, I have such a limited knowledge. Is what I would say. This is why I started the podcast about business and making money and and and, and you know how to utilize your position or how to utilize your your time or anything you're going to do to make money. So for me, you gave me a lot of guidance on, on that and how to understand this. And I think you have a deep understanding of the market and world and how, and because you went through all of the challenges that you've been through. And like you said, stupid dinosaurs, and I made jokes about it, but like that, that was like tough. And then you went into the copywriting and now you, you've started instead. And then you found a business partner, right? That you aligned with and, and is now helping you with the, with the shadow company. So how did you, you know, for some guys, they maybe don't have, like myself, they don't have all of the parts, all of the pieces for the puzzle and they need to find somebody else. How did you find that guy? How did you find your, your partner? Yeah, so I think it's super important to find someone that, like for any, um, when you want to sell something on, on any market, you always have like a part of delivery and another part on like a promotion. So you need to find like, um, if you can't do like everything by yourself, it's good to find someone that's going to help you to do the other part. So for instance, like, um, like for you, you have the knowledge you just need like to tweak it to deliver it like properly. Now, now you know how to do it. It was just like training a bit on this, but like the promotion, you, you had no idea how to do it, which is normal. Like it's like everything you need to learn it. So I, I basically helped you to promote it for my business partner, Jay. It's like, he was really good in coaching, but again, like promotion was not his thing and promotion. And after like, so, so like you're above this, it's like systems because you don't want to be just a high paid salary. Salary men, you want to be a CEO, you want to like work maximum. If you want to, you can work only like a few hours on your business and be hands off. That's, that's the goal of any business usually because you always seek for freedom and freedom is getting back your time okay, by paying someone else. So it's always like promotion and delivery. And so after when this is fixed, that's why like Jay is amazing at delivering and I'm good at promoting. For you, it's the same. And every time, like if you are like, uh, if you know you are good at coaching, but you don't really know how to self-promote yourself or to market because like marketing is only like how to say the, the proper words 
in front of the right person. And some people, they just don't understand. They just think like, I'm going to speak something. I'm going to uh, tell my message in front of everyone. And maybe some people are going to be interested. No, it's like so some type of people, they have a pain. You need to be aware of their pain. You need to make them understand that you have a solution. Because I'm uh, like at the beginning and still now, like a lot of people that are following you, but they don't even know you sell something. So at that point, they don't even know they can be helped directly by you back like your, your courses and, and stuff like this. So that's one of the basic things. Like sometimes some guys, they have an audience and people in the audience never know that they had something to sell, which is insane. Like you just, they just need to be aware and they would be happy to give you money. So that's, uh, that's one of the parts. Yeah. I think for me, I know we're talking about me specifically, but for me it was a limiting belief in a way to feel that I could sell something, you know, because I'm a fighter really deep down Deep down, I'm a creative, but yes. you know, of You're course, an artist. I'm an artist because fighting to me was an art, an art form to express myself. Yes. But yeah, as, to, to, to be a, to become a salesman is like yeah, it's just a completely different realm for me, you know. Um, but I, I'm pretty good with being a linguist and asking questions and delivering and talking. And the question I asked you was, how did you meet your partner? <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah, about exactly. Anything you just said. <laughs> so you are really good at asking questions. I'm really bad at answering. <laughs> yes. So how did I met him? Uh, basically, in, uh, he went to Spain. Basically, we were following each other on Instagram. And there was an opportunity, like some kind of seminar in Spain. So we basically met. And instantly, like, I was like, I was shocked about how, how he was helping people with like, um, not a lot of knowledge about marketing. No, he was just good, like, like coaching, talking with some guys. And some guys, they were ready to give a lot of money. It's like, that's insane. Because I... I come from the world of paid advertising. When you have a paid advertising, it's like every dollar you spend, you want to be sure it's going to bring you two. For him, it was like just random because guys that do like organic content, they just usually they do a lot of things randomly because for them, they think it's free. But you had to pay to get these people. Like with the currency of time, you had to spend a lot of time to get people in front of, to get eyeballs and to get people interested in your shit. So actually, it, these guys that are following you, it costs you a lot. And if you don't realize it, you, you have like, and you are doing things randomly, you, you are losing a lot of money. You are leaving a lot of money on the table. And so as soon as I started talking with uh, Jay, I was like, oh my God, there's so much money on the table, but he doesn't realize it yet. And I was never being into like Instagram stuff. I didn't really know I was good in marketing, but in marketing, you can apply it to like different areas, different business, but like, that's interesting. And so we connected well and because he, he's half French too. So of course we could uh, speak about uh, baguette croissant. <laughs> and so we could connect. And after we like, we, we started doing business together. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you guys met at a seminar, but again, you're putting yourself out there and going to events and, go, and, and going to you know, places that you can make business and you can yeah. meet, meet, meet different individuals. Networking, basically, is a better way to yeah, put it. Yeah, like yeah. you were networking at an event, you met this guy, and he, what, what is the product that he sells or he was selling that he didn't know yeah, how to so sell? He, he was already helping guys to make money with Instagram. Well, ah. so basically, he started by doing mindset and after, like some guys, they were like, okay, I have mindset to hustle now. I'm ready, so how do I make money? I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, I'm gonna create a product on how I've made money. And so I started helping guys like this. And so it worked really well. And so right now we're like, we have expanded to like the next level with what we offer because I, I, uh, I'm into, so now we are business partners and we have like, and we are building a team. So of course, like the next level kinda. 
But um, yeah, one thing you said really interesting is networking and going to events like to actually create a, a circle of interesting people. And that's exactly how I've played the game of networking. I just like in 2022, it was like only traveling because I was like, I felt a bit uh, isolated in Montenegro, even if I had guys around me, but we didn't have like really the same values on everything. For instance, I was the only one like to train every day. I was the only one who wanted like to approach, to do cold approach when there was the ones they would just like do a bit of Tinder. I was, I was a bit different. We were different. And I was like, there has to be some guys like, like me. And this is how I started going to seminars and to different events and traveling the world. And I realized, oh my God, yes, uh, there are some guys like me out there. And that's the beauty of like being able to travel. You can go like to a place. And the best part of this is when you go to an event, you, you meet some cool guys, like a, a drunk giant guys. And after you can meet him like uh, three weeks later in like the other side of the world for something completely different in uh, two, three times. And after you're a friend and after you just like... Uh, see each other and now your new reality is only made of people with the same values it's like life-changing that would be one of the first thing i would do if you are making at least like even like five thousand dollars a month and so basically you can start doing whatever you want like not crazy shit but like basic stuff you can live wherever you want uh start finding people with the same values doesn't have to be the same as yours or mine but at least like you will be amazed how your reality is 100x better when you have guys like you yeah, no, I, I mean, I've done the same thing and I feel that as well. But you, something I know about you, obviously with our, our personal relationship, and you're a guy that for me is extremely impressive that anything you say that you're going to do, you always follow through and you always do it. So you're a guy that's like, I, I tell this story is like, we met in Dubai and you said you want to have a fight and you were drunk. Like, of course, of course. Uh, we were at some club in Dubai and you were like, oh, Luke, you do I want to have a fight. How do I do it? And I was like, we had a little chat and I've had thousands of people come up to me and say, I want to have a fight. And I'm like, yeah, cool, 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 cool. And then three weeks later or two weeks later, you came and you moved to Marbella and you lived in Marbella and you trained with me. And eight weeks later, you had a fight in Wales and, and beat some guy up and whatever. Um, but you said you were going to do it and you did it. And then I've seen that over and over and over again with you, like in different areas and different things. And you always say you're going to do something and commit to it fully. How do you think you've cultivated that mentality and where do you think that comes from like in your childhood or as a young man or like how can someone else try and be the same i would say um it's pretty basic right when you come when it comes down to just saying something and actually doing it and actually i'm still uh i'm more surprised about people because now we are surrounded by guys like us that when they say something i know they're gonna do it so it makes like life so much easier and so much honest too because like a lot of guys, if they tell me they don't want to come to the restaurant, tell me. They don't do like a weird move like, oh, sorry, I broke my leg. Uh, my grandma died. Like Because most people, they do this. And actually, I've realized something. If it's a girl acting like this, it's all right. It's like, that's the same when they break something in the house. They say, I don't know, it just fell. Of course it fell. He's the girl. So they act like they, say, they don't take responsibility for it. But now because like men became women, most of them, they, they are just not like no masculine energy, no accountability, not self-accountability. And for me, I was like, I think it's just like to be more confident. I needed to do this. I was like, because as any kid when I was like a teenager, I was not like as confident as now, which is completely normal. And I, I just figured out like, I'm going to say something I was like, automatically, I was like, I said it. It was just for myself. 
if I don't do it, because I've done it in the past when I was a kid. I say something, I don't do it, or I just escape it, whatever, and I felt like shit. I was like really bad. I was like, oh my God, like I can't, I, I can't just stand saying something and not doing it after like you, your ego is destroyed and your self-confidence is like plummeted. So I just figured out, okay, every time I say something, I have to do it. And sometimes it's just a bit complicated, but sometimes it's like it brings you so like new stuff, cool stuff in your life. And yeah, sometimes it's like a bit like difficult for logistics. Like I had a wedding in France and I had to come back and blah, blah. But I was like, every time I was happy, I did it. And every time it's like a positive loop, it's going to increase your confidence. It's pretty simple, right? You just like, and it makes your life so much easier too. Because some guys, like, they're going to say something after they're going to lie, lie, lie and find like a, a complicated way to get to the point to telling you, no, I can't do it because, and give you excuses. When actually, like, if someone says something to me and really does his best to do it, I'm like, oh, it's, this guy is interesting. But because now it's no longer, I think like maybe eight years ago, it was norm. When a man was saying something, it was like, yeah, he's going to do it. You know, it's like when a, when a woman, she could rely on actually, oh, yeah, when my man says something like 100%, he's going to figure it out. He's going to find a way. Now it's not the case. And that's why I'm always surprised when I do like a strategy calls, which basically strategy calls is like when I see if a guy is a good fit for a program and uh, some guys like, I'm, I'm always surprised how like they can say something and not do it. I'm like, how can you live your life like this? Like there's no way, no way your life could be cool. No fucking way. And the other thing is like when someone is going to say, I'm going to think about it or I need to talk with my wife about it. I'm like, what a terrible existence. Like if you have to ask your wife if you can like invest few, like few thousand dollars, it's like, what does that mean about you as a man? You know, it's really bad. So I'm like, sometimes you, you, you find like some gold nuggets, like some, some cool guys, but it's, it's really rare. So it's more and more rare. That's why I'm so happy to have my group where everyone is like me and my life is so much easier too. So you think, what is the, let's say, the hardest thing that you've said you were going to do and then had to do? And what is the stupidest thing that you've, <laughs> had, you've said you've had to do and you've had to do? One of the hardest, I think, like, the fight camp was pretty big because at the same time, like, when you do a fight camp, it's not only, like, um, yes, it's hard, but there are things that you don't expect, which is uh, when you train twice a day, like, basically, your business... It's dead. <laughs> if not everything is automated, it's completely dead because you, you come back. So you, you wake up, you train in the morning for two hours. You come back, you want to eat something after you want to have a nap because you are destroyed. So after you have two hours before your next training, so you try to do some emails or something like this, you're like half awake. You go to training and you just want to eat and sleep. So I'm like, <laughs> how long is it, Luke? Yeah, 10 weeks. I'm like, oh. I'm like, this is going to be long. So that's why I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, that would be good to do a fight. And after I think about it, I know. Because like, you need to find a focus and you can't do both. So I would say that's the one thing that was pretty hard. I say a lot of things were hard, but like this one was pretty hard for this reason too. That was my life for, for 17 years. So it's, yeah, it's good yeah, to know yeah. that it's difficult. Okay. No, that's it. Yeah. And at the same time, you were like, only this, like only focus on one thing. So it makes your life so much easier too. Because but then it's, it's interesting like because ha having you say that, obviously that was my complete focus for, for, for my entire life. Well, not my entire life, but a lot of a big period of my life. And now looking back at it, I think I had so much, like it, in my mind, 
I think I wasted so much time that I could have been building, you know, business or whatever, or relationships or anything, because I was so solely focused on one thing. But then when you talk about it and you say like, you want to train two hours and you're going to eat, then you want to sleep. I think, yeah, that's what I did pretty much every day. But I used to think I was lazy because I was like, you know, but you, to perform at your best, you have to be completely focused on that one thing. So I think I did, did the right thing. And obviously it took me as far as did. I actually think when I moved to her, cause I lived in America for a while and, and I, I became less focused in a way because I thought I kind of made it and I, and I had this, this, this mistake and I learned a lot from it. But um, that's when I, I started losing fights and I didn't have that full 100% focus on it like I had for, I'd say for 10 years, I'd had it every day, like in furious uh, focus. I think I lost that focus. So I, I stopped being a master at my craft. Um, so I didn't waste time really when I look at it, but it's just funny hearing it from you. Now you say like, should I have a fight? Now I can't do it, I need to focus on my business. You know, yeah. I was doing the opposite. Yes, like the thing about focusing, I did the same mistake in business at some point. Because when you get a business that's working well, like a lot of guys are just going to, and I did the same, it's like instead of doubling down on one, if you, if you took a business from zero to $20,000 a month, it's way easier to get it from 20 to 50 than taking a new thing and get to 5K. Uh, but a lot of people that just have like the shiny object syndrome, like, yeah, but it seems cool, it's new. It's, uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, do you really want like to do something fun or do you want to make more money? Because more money is going to bring you freedom. Blah. So I did the same mistake at some point and I had like four different businesses. And your life is like so much stressful too when you have like four or five different things going on and you have a fight and you have this and you have travel. So after I just like came back to doing one thing, it, now it's like my life is way better. I think that's uh, what, what I have done, um, why I was doing one thing, which was fighting. And then I slowly transitioned out of fighting. I opened a gym. I started an athlete management company. I started an events company. I, and then I counted the other day and I think I'm, I'm at 13 different things that I do at the moment. And I kind of just spread my, myself completely wide. And now I'm trying to focus back in on just a few things that I do and, and trying to become elite at those things. But I did that. And this is some advice that I give to people in, in my experience because I had no idea what to do. So when I finished fighting, I was like, what am I gonna do in my life? Like I have yeah. no clue. So I'm good. My, I spoke to a close friend of mine uh, who is very, very high up CEO in some huge company. And he said, just do everything. Anything that comes to your mind, just do it because you're gonna learn lessons from every single thing, which mm -hmm. is kind of what you did as a younger man. Like you learn a lot of different lessons from dinosaurs and and all the other the things that you you did, did in your life but then you can apply all of those things to one when you find that one thing um, and i believe that's what i'm doing now with my life because I, I i'm in the stage where i've spread so thin i'm spread you know i'm spread thin i'm mm. up early constantly hustling all day every day traveling the world doing whatever um and now i'm trying to find that one thing and i and once i find it i'll zone in 100 percent. it reminds me um have you seen like some talk of uh, Steve Jobs in Stanford or something like this. It's basically, he did a super famous talk uh, in Stanford where he basically was talking about the fact that during his entire journey, at some point he did like calligraphy in a university. You're like, what the fuck, bro? Where are you going with calligraphy? Said, so, yeah, but actually like 10 years later, this is why with Apple, I was able like to have something of software and even like the hardware, which is a laptop, to be like so operate like so nice and so clean and that everyone wants the iPhone and everyone wants the iPod and everything. It's because I had like a, a good 
idea of how to design things to be appealing, but it's thanks to calligraphy and even like the font on the Mac and everything. So he said it's all about connecting the dots. And I think it's like in, in, in the life of a man or a woman, it's like sometimes you cannot do so many things and you never know like really if it's going to be useful for you in the future. Like for you, like trying 13 different things. For me, like it took me like five years to get somewhere in the online business. But at some point, like one day you realize, oh, this helped me for this, this helped me for this. And all of this like compounds and makes you like a, a lot of experience to perform in like so many different things. Like even like when I was doing my famous dinosaurs, I was like doing so much like uh, Photoshop, After Effects, and I did another YouTube channel before. And so you, you learn a lot of the skills and softwares, and you don't really know if it's going to be useful one day. And one day it's actually useful because when you want to actually hire someone to do this job, you're going to see if he's actually like not talented, but at least if he knows what he's doing. Because I remember the first time I hired someone to do a logo, I got scammed. I paid like 80 euros, which back in the days was all my money. But I was like, like the classic mistake, like I want to start like a, a company, I want to start a business, so I need a logo. So I got an Upwork, paid the guy 80 euros, and the guy like, when, you know, you, you right click on an image and you, you do like, a, look the image on Google. And I was surprised to find the image on fucking Google all over the place. He just like uh, took two different images, put them together, and sell me this changing the colors. Eight euros, which was all my money. Oh, like, Gee. wow, Gee. wow. He, he scammed me like properly. But it was like an amazing lesson because after I understood every time I need to ask something, at least I need to know a bit about it. I need to be able to do the basics. So if it's editing, if it's writing an article, if it's writing a copy, if it's writing anything, I've been doing it before, so I know how to actually like hire someone to do the job. So sometimes like you connect the dots way after, way after, but it's useful. All, at the moment, you don't know if it's going to be useful one day, but it is. You said something pretty interesting. Um, the same mistake that everyone makes. I needed this, and I went out and I spent 80 euros on a logo. Like I went and spent my money. I went and spent money. Like, what is the the mistake that everyone makes? Well, what do you mean by that? Oh, it's because like uh, if you ask anyone starting an activity online or offline, most of the guys like they're gonna spend so many so much time on. I need a good name. I need a good logo. I need no, bro. Nobody cares. It's like uh, as the guy I was talking about that I got on the phone. The so guys, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna call these two companies and I'm gonna take maybe 15%. percent. I'm like, bro, where where are you going? You don't even know, like, how do you sell yourself? How do you get money on stable? All this shit is like, he was focused on the wrong thing. Like, the only thing you need to focus if you want to make money is marketing and sales. And after, like, you can sell someone else's product. And uh, if you have actually experience and stuff like this, that you can teach someone, this is where we come back to the thing of, like, uh, uh, promote and delivery. You're going to find a guy to promote your shit, and you're going to be good at delivering all your posits. But uh, yeah, marketing and sales, I would say like, uh, so that's why it's like the, the clauses are always the last guys to be fired in a company. <laughs> so other guys bring money on the table. That's why like the, you know, uh, the, culture, uh, the culture about the closing, you know, like the Wolf of Wall Street, Wall Street and shit like this is so toxic <laughs> because you can't fire these guys. When the guys are, are bringing so much money to the table, You're like, you're not gonna fire him? And I remember even in like the lowest tea company I used to work in an internship, the guys were like complete like, 
uh, retards, you know, like they were acting like uh, jerks and shit like this. But they couldn't fire them because they were bringing the money. So I was like, that's fucking cool. It doesn't mean you're going to be like a, a dumbass, but it means like actually that's the skills that everyone wants because if you can sell something and get some money, everyone wants you. So that's a way of like, instead of doing bullshit logo, just focus on like selling in either like marketing or sales, one of the, of the two, uh, or find a way that a vehicle for making money that's using one of those two. If it's something else, it's bullshit most of the time. I remember, I thought you were going to say the thing that you told me because I remember what you said to me. Um, I had this idea to create this product and I, I put all this thought and effort and energy and I was going to spend all this time creating it. And you were like, bro, who's going to buy this? Find out the people that are going to buy it before you even make it. So like sell it before you've even made it because maybe they don't want it. Maybe you think people like what I find since we had this conversation, I speak to people a lot of time. I want to start this business. Like I get a lot of DMs talking to me about what should I do? Da, 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 da. And they give it, they've got all this energy. And like you're talking about this guy with the, the fish company or whatever he's going to do, but the, whatever, whatever it is, uh, selling the guts of fish to yeah. some Poor moisture, shit. whatever. It's like, uh, that's okay. Cool idea. Don't focus on the idea. Focus on the sale, focus on the money, focus on money in. How are you going to get money in your pocket? So when you said that to me, it's like, sell the thing before you even create the thing because otherwise you might just be wasting your time so if you're a lot of people I, I see you said they worry about the logo they worry about the name they worry about the service they worry about all of the moving little parts the intricacies of it and they, before they even think about where the money's coming from because yeah. they think it's a good idea other people must think this is going to be a good idea it's like bro maybe they don't want it and the thing that I was thinking of no one wanted it like as I spoke to people they're like oh, no I'm not, uh, not interested no. oh I thought it was cool you know yeah. so um, I think that's a super super important lesson for young people is like learn how to sell the thing whatever the thing is the thing doesn't matter learn how to sell it and that comes down to communication and, and generating leads and all the marketing stuff that I still don't really understand so I'm not going to pretend that I do no, but one thing about this is like, um, even when I'm talking about uh, closing, is like usually what, what you will hear in like a closing company is they will say, you have two ears and one mouth, is like use them accordingly. Which is like, you're going to have to listen more people about what they really want, what's a real pain to find a solution. In that case, if they have a pain, like anyone who is in pain is going to want to solve his problem. So if you put like a solution in front of him, like, it's just like the basic stuff is you imagine someone dying in the desert because he, he needs water. He needs water and like the, the price no longer matters because he's in deep pain. He needs water now. And I had the exact example because when I was like climbing uh, the Mont Blanc and uh, when you get to the last refugee, uh, refuge, shelter, uh, on top of the mountain, it's like 10 euros for a bottle of water. I'm like, what, 10 euros? Yeah, but how do you do if you don't get, if you don't buy this fucking water, you're dead. So are you going to spend fucking 10 euros for a one liter and a half or not? And like selling, marketing, everything comes down to this. It's like, why is they selling water on top of the fucking mountain, like 4,000 meters high? Because they know there's going to be some guys going through this, get to the point, they need water, they no longer have anything because they couldn't bring fucking 20 kilos extra to climb the whole mountain. So they have a fucking need and you say you're going to provide a solution and boom, you make money. So it's as simple as this. So that's why like a lot of guys and it, what you said about like, uh, yeah, I was going to create my product, blah, blah. It's because people fall in love with the idea. They don't fall in love with the problem of someone else. If you fall in love 
of listening to people, finding a problem and giving a solution, you're going to make money, 100%. But if you're like, yeah, I think it's a great idea, like to see if we've got the bullshit, you're like, yeah, I'm going to make so much money and make a million in two years. No, bro, it's not going to happen because nobody wants this. And so every time what I repeat to you guys inside like of the program, it's like I say, don't try to create a market, but tap into one already existing. And that's the same when you do videos. We were talking about like the fact to go on Quora and find like a new niche, like the questions that people are asking and to do videos on it. Why? Because you're tapping in the market, you're not creating one. And I've done the mistake before too. Like sometimes, oh, it should be a great idea, blah, blah. And every time you see your views, it's like, boom, drop, drop. Like why? Because people are not waiting for this. That's it. I think the, um, you said the Wolf of Wall Street, so I'm going to bring it up. But uh, yeah, the, 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 the other, um, the super relative, amazing pitch in Wolf, I think it's Wolf of Wall Street. My memory's not very good. But it's when he tries, he says, sell me this pen. That's Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sell me this pen. And then the first salesman talks about how amazing the pen is. Talks about that product. Like, oh, look at this pen. Da, 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 da. He just goes, nope. Next person, sell me this pen. But well, this, look at this pen. Nope. And then he, he goes to the need. He goes to the pain. And I can't remember what the last person says, but he, he makes him need to write something down. Yes, right. Uh, write your name. Yeah, can you write your name yeah, down yeah. for me? He goes, well, I don't have a pen. Boom. That's how you sell it. Because yeah. you need the pen yeah. because you have the pain. So it's like, if you focus on the need, and like you said, providing the solution. I think that's, it's so simple for people that are in the, the, the industry, but for people that aren't like me when I was coming out flying and stuff, I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> like, I, I don't know that shit. So for young guys watching, I think, I think it could be super useful. So a few more questions, because you, you know, you're French and, and annoying me now, the, the stupid <laughs> accent. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll ask, because you've gone, gone through a lot of, you know, we spoke about going through the dinosaurs and moving to Montenegro and da, 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 da. you've been through quite a lot. What would you say is the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome like in the, your industry and in, or in your life and how do you think that could be a lesson for other people? Or oh, for me, I'm the most important person here. So for, the, yeah, for me. Mm. I would say it's um, to not betray your own principles. Because at some point, like if you want to have your life, if you, if you desire a, a specific life, uh, you need at some point to stop listening to other people. You need to stop listening to like your family. You need to stop listening to your old friends. You need to stop listening to maybe your, your current girlfriend. Because they don't really know what's good for you. They think they know. But like, for instance, I was talking about this, about communication with you the other day. It's like my mother, every time she was against any of my projects, because in her reality, it was a terrible idea. Because she thought it wouldn't like help me to get like a good life. But actually, it's because she didn't know. That's it. She didn't know if it was a good thing or not. So it's a default mode of a lot of people because they're afraid. They're going to tell you, don't do this. It's risky. For me, every time I took risk, it was beneficial. Because I learned fast. Like uh, some guys, so right now I'm, I'm assuming I'm 27. But like some guys are like 40 and they didn't have like the life experiences. Why? Because they never take risk. When you don't take risk, you can't learn fast. Like when, when I was like, okay, I need to do a fight, boom. Uh, I made you like just after I did this, brr. Instead of like some guys are going to have the idea. And after it's going to take them five years to get this, maybe I'm going to do a fight. But just like sometimes you have an idea, execute it right away. And that's why it's the thing of being a sayer and saying something so important. Because it just forces you to... Um, take action when you take action fast you can fail fast and you can learn fast 
in every uh, every different uh, realm is going to be true. And that's why, like, if you want to learn fast or to have like a fast-paced life, I would strongly advise you to take risk, because at the end of the day, the other thing I've realized is um, sometimes it's going to be stressful, you're going to be in difficult situations, but nowadays, almost in no situation, you're going to die. Like it, the worst things that could happen to you is like social, uh, a social death. Because for instance, if I completely fail and I go broke and I have no money and, and I lose everything, bruh, the only thing that's going to happen to me is I'm going to go back to friends for like two months, uh, hustle, eat pasta, and go back with like minimum $10,000 a month. That's what's going to happen. But it's hard because when you haven't been through once, you don't know you have a fear of death associated to like a social death and you think you're going to die. Like literally, if you lose this, if you lose your position, and that's why I think when you're a fighter, when you're a UFC, when you lose this, you're still an ex-UFC fighter, but you're no longer like a UFC fighter. So it's like a social death. That's why I think a lot of guys are depressed. They don't know what to do because social death equals like death for a lot of people. And so that's why I think like you need to take risk and just remember that worst case scenario is just going to be a social death. But actually, like when you take risks, the other thing is like the peer pressure of people, of other people thinking like it's going to be humiliating, it's going to be embarrassing. When I started doing videos on the French market like years ago, like everyone is like, oh, like laughing and stuff like that. Yeah, but right now, like they are sliding in my DMs, begging to have a way to make money and uh, trying to make me remember them, saying, bro, you remember we were made? No, bro, we're never made. Because I remember the guys that when I had nothing, were like, I have your back, continue your videos, continue this, pushing you. So it's always good if at some point you hit like um, the bottom, because you're gonna see who are really in your team. And social death is one of the best things that could happen to you. So taking risk will be like my best advice for anyone. Uh, even if you are like 30, 40 years old, it's like, at the end of the day, yes, the only responsibility is more when you have kids and you're like, I still like some money to, <laughs> to feed them. But except that, it's like, I would like be 100% like take risk as much as possible until like you get to at least 100K a month because you're going to earn so much. Well, on that note, we've been talking a lot about me advertising the fact that I sell something. So I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna take some risk and for the first time advertise it. Please sell. <laughs> I've, uh, with Johan's help, I've put together a product called Clarity of Purpose. Uh, it helps people find their purpose and utilizes the, the framework that I use to take myself from sleeping on the floor in a gym to fighting in the UFC at the elite level and, and cultivating the mindset you need to take on challenges. And I think this is the thing that's helped me transition from being an elite level fighter, moving out into the business world and taking risk, as Johannes said, to continue forward. So if you have problems in relationships, me and women, you're out of shape, you're trying to change your mindset to, to get in shape or to, to meet women or to make more money and in business and take and more risks in your life, then hopefully the product can help you. And we'll stick it in the, uh, in the link below, like in the, in the description below, you'll have the link there. There'll also be Johan's contact information. You're, I mean, if people have listened for this long, I don't know how long the podcast is to you in your French accent, talking about crocodiles and Montenegro and <laughs> telling really your nice. girlfriend that she wanted to fuck other women. If they've listened to all that stuff, they obviously like you so they can follow you and, and get all your information down the bottom. Um, but yeah, so if you're interested in, in my course or if you want to learn about the shadow marketing company that Johan has, all of the stuff's going to be in the description. Really appreciate it. And I'll let Johan say how you can get hold of him and how you can find him and, and if you want to continue listening to the French baguette. 
Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Johan uh, Hillary. You, you're going to find me. You can find me on YouTube. So I'm super pissed off because today Luke uh, got more subscribers than me. So uh, as I said, like, it's good to have a, a good group of friends because when you have like only guys performing, it's just pushing me to like uh, publish more content. So that's a good thing. I'm going to crush him, even if I'm on his YouTube channel. And uh, yes, that's basically it. I have a free newsletter where I give like a lot of things about marketing, sales, and stuff like this. And one last thing about what you said about uh, selling is something that I keep repeating to guys. It's like a lot of guys don't want to sell because as they think they're going to be seen as like selfish. It's just like I want to make money and shit like this. When actually guys, like you don't realize how much like when people are, because a lot of guys followed like uh, Luke's program already and they had like life-changing transformation. So what's more important, like uh, a bit of money or like actually completely changing your life? And guys, they are never, they're going to never regret taking action and actually like joining your program. So it's like actually at the end of the day, the more you talk about it, the more you're going to help some people. And the guys are going to be offended because some, some guy wants to make money by helping people. So I'm just communist, and I had enough communists in my fucking uh, French life, so fuck them. It's like some guys that are proper capitalists, like Luke and myself, like, welcome. We are welcome in our world, where we basically, you pay, you get a service, you're happy, and you change your life. So I think it's always good to remember this. Okay, I, I think, again, we, we said about this, as long as you're adding value to the world, then you deserve to get paid. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as the value is... Right? Exactly. So I, I believe that my product helps people and it changes people's lives. And like you said, I've had lots of testimonials and people tell me this. So I believe the product's great. And that's why I'm it happy is. to put it that's out there. It is. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's a certainty. Yeah, so I think with all that being said, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you made it to the end of the episode, thank you very much. And uh, obviously, subscribe, <laughs> like, all that stuff. <laughs> I'm learning on, on the job. But thank you very much, guys, and I'll see you next time.